It's over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. <laughs> Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, the Edmonton Oilers are one loss away from elimination. The Vegas Golden Knights win game five, four, three. Pivotal point of the game in the second period. Vegas scored three goals in a minute 29 to turn a 2-1 deficit into a 4-2 lead. The Oilers got one goal back on a five-minute power play but could not find the equalizer. So a 3-2 series lead for the Golden Knights. Game six is Sunday here at Rogers Place. Uh, I was here up in the press box as the watch party was going on. The NHL has sent out a release saying that game six is indeed Sunday and the start time will be announced when available. We will have the game for you on 6.30, Chad. If there is a game seven, it'll be Tuesday at 7 o'clock Mountain. So we have the start time for a game that we don't know if it's going to be played. We don't have <laughs> the start time for the game that uh, is going to be played on Sunday. Hopefully that comes out while we're still on the air tonight. Um, I mean, hey, Jack, Reed, yeah. Reed, was it the um, player safety people that are making these decisions? Yes, and I've just been suspended for subtly mocking the <laughs> NHL. 15 games. I got more than Petrangelo. <laughs> I got almost as much as Tom Lysiak did for tripping a linesman. Yeah, I remember that. That one was a bad one. He was mad at that linesman. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Anyway. No. Uh, hopefully we get it. To, to hopefully get Do we have Coach Kellen? Okay, here's Jay Woodcroft. Hi, Jay. Um, obviously, you guys got a fantastic power play, but you, can you win this series if you're, not, if you're not contributing five on five? And what do you see the issues scoring five on five right now? Well, you're going to the scoring side of it. I would go to we give up two five-on-five five goals in what I felt was a similar manner. Um, you know, we've uh, we had numerous chances five-on-five five to convert, but I would go to the other side. You know, I think um, the two games we we won in this series, we didn't give up four or more goals. So I would go to that side of things first. Um, you know, I thought uh, we did some good things tonight, but in the end, um, that segment in the second period uh, hobbled us and we weren't able to get it done. Um, it wasn't just you guys. They took some penalties that would be kind of undisciplined, I guess, in nature. But how did you feel I think about they, the... Yeah, yeah, I think they took three penalties, right? Yeah, it says three for four, but that it was just three penalties called in yeah. in, in that. Uh, and for us, you know, we took seven penalties. Um, you know, it's six, six minutes of those penalties were high stick. Those are undisciplined um, stick fouls that we can do better. And I thought the penalties that we took were penalties save for one, the one in the second period. I thought um, the one with... Um, you know, with Broberg in the second period, seven seven minutes or so left, I see two guys battling for a puck. I see a referee 
three or four feet away um, and then I see uh, you know who's staring at it right there I didn't think that that was the only one that I didn't think was a penalty and you know uh, referee in the offensive zone in the far offensive zone makes that call that would be the only one that we would dispute but you know we took undisciplined penalties and but they weren't um, necessarily action penalties they were they were ones that we can do a better job checking with our feet and our sticks on the ice you uh, you've gone back to Stuart Skinner a number of times here coming off of losses what, what was your feeling on his overall game tonight and you know is there more to consider here now after this game about which goaltender to go with next well I think what Stuart did was uh, he gave us a chance to win the game there was a segment that we didn't like in the second period uh, in order to slow the momentum I decided to change the goalie at that moment and you know Jack went in and did his job he gave us a chance to win the game and you know I thought our team pushed hard in that third period I thought uh, the power play did its thing right off the bat uh, we had numerous chances to tie it up. We hit a post. We had some really good looks. It didn't bounce our way today. That's the way it goes. You talked earlier in this series about uh, the importance of shifts following goals. Is is that an example of that rearing its head, or does the does the penalties negate that? Well, you know what I saw. Like I said, I didn't like the the first call. And then we took a high stick while on the penalty kill. I didn't like the first call, but you know we took a high stick, and that that meant uh, that meant that we were down five on three. Um, five on threes are tough, especially this time of year. I thought we did a pretty good job, but, but in, in the end they converted. And then you know coming off that next shift, what I saw was um, a power play get a bounce. I mean it was an entry. Um, it went off our skate and right on someone's stick. Um, you know, I thought our penalty kill competed very hard tonight. It's been a source of momentum for our team. Um, but for me, uh, we killed too much. And, um, you know, we were unable to weather that little five-on-three challenge. Again, I didn't like the, you know, the call that led to it. Uh, but certainly, Janmark's was, was a penalty. You, this isn't the first time in the playoffs where you've pulled Stuart Skinner to stop the momentum. Mm -hmm. uh, an older goalie, maybe a more veteran goalie, stops the momentum himself by making the, just that one more save. Are we seeing a young goalie here in his first tour through the playoffs? What I saw tonight was that we lost the game by one goal. One goal. And I think, you know, like I said, we gave up a five-on-three goal. We gave up a goal off of a bounce on a, a, a power play. Those are, you know... Those are what they are. The two five-on-five five goals against, I think we can do a better job as a team around our goaltender. You uh, go home now for must-win hockey. Yep. Uh, your thoughts on that? Confident. Yeah, confident. We love the way we've played in our building all year. Uh, we've had a mindset here for the last year and a half about taking care of the day's business. We have a challenge before us. Um, we're going to go home and we're going to play our best game at home and uh, get back on a flight and come down to, to Vegas to, to challenge in Game 7. But before you can even think about that, you just have to take care of what's going to happen in Game Number 6. And there's some small adjustments we we, we can make there's some individuals that can um, you know increase their contribution um, but in the end we're going to need our best game as a team on home ice you, you did get a goal at the five minute major but did you see that as a missed opportunity sorry the five minute major to missed opportunity not to get more than just the one goal well i mean what's our power play operating at like it's uh you know we 
we had numerous looks. I mean, we, we scored a goal. You know, the power play did its job. It gave our team a chance um, with 15 minutes left. Now we ended up taking a double minor high stick that I think we can handle better in that situation. But when your power play operates at a three for three, it's going pretty good. Good. Thanks, guys. That's Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Vegas winning tonight 4-3. They lead the series three games to two. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Hartland Ford, overtime open line. Okay, Rob, well, a, a close game. I mean, clearly, uh, could have gone either way. There, there were chances. Whichever team lost, it would be thinking about some key moments. But Vegas uh, had the key moment, as we were saying, in the second period. They got two power play goals, 29 seconds apart. Scored again shortly after that, so three goals in a minute 29. And then they they had the Oilers playing catch up the rest of the night. Well, it's something that we talked about before the game that we've seen in this series. And there's there's no momentum game to game. And it, ever, it, it, something happens in a game and creates momentum. And the team that's been winning in this series is a team that executes the best when they have their momentum. When they get their little push, whoever gets the most, if they can score multiple times. And Vegas did. Vegas had their push. Now they had the benefit of a five on three. And it was a, they, they had a terrible power play throughout this entire series. Hasn't been great in the entire playoffs. But they got the five on three. They score a pretty goal by Stone. They get a lucky bounce, and then all of a sudden they have momentum, and they carried it forward and got that next goal. And a, a bounce, a break, and then eventually a knuckleball that was an absolute bomb of a knuckleball from the point that created the third goal. And the team that has won every game in the series is the team that has been to, able to extend the lead once they've got it. When games have been close, if they have, if a team hasn't extended, well, then eventually the other team comes back and wins. But the team that can extend by ex executing when you have your role going is the team that wins this each and every game. And tonight, Vegas had that. When they were playing well, because of the five on three, they get that extra one right afterwards. That was a huge hole for the Edmonton Oilers to pull out of after that. Okay, so again, we'll talk about goaltending. Now, we've said this a lot about Skinner. I, well, personally, I don't think the Oilers have lost a game in the postseason strictly because of goaltending. But I mean, I agree. his save percentage is, is well below 900. He has now been pulled three times in 11 games. We know what it was like in the regular season. For most of the time, there was no contest, Campbell and Skinner, who was playing better, except for a couple small stretches. What would you do Sunday night? And then the second half of that question is, what do you think the coaching staff will do? Well, I think they'll go back with Skinner. I think that one's easy. In my mind, I believe they'll go back with Skinner. Um, it's tough. Uh, Reed, it is. I think I think Skinner has been okay in the playoffs, but he hasn't won them a game yet. And the games where he's had the rebound game, it's more or less not just him having a rebound game, it's the whole team. Every time the Oilers have lost and, and Skinner's been pulled, the next game Skinner's been good, but the team has been much better in front of him. Um, Campbell has been good. He was good down the stretch, as Jack and Bob talked about at the end of the game. In his stretches in the playoffs, he's been very good. He kept the Oilers' season alive with the way he played in the third period against the L.A. Kings, where he stood on his head. I, I don't honestly, I don't think the the coaching staff can make a wrong decision here. I think if they want to go with Skinner, he's the guy that brought you here. All right, we're going to go with that guy. Campbell's the guy that saved our season. 
Is he going to give us the spark we need? I don't think he can go wrong, but I do believe that they will go back with Stuart Skinner in game five, or excuse me, in game six. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that they're going to as well. I, I mean, I said I would have started Campbell after that series he played, after the game he played well against the Kings. And I agreed with you. I, I did too. And they came back with Skinner. So I, I don't think now at this point they're going to start Campbell in a game. Just given no, what they've I done agree. throughout it's, the postseason. I mean, it's it's the biggest game of their year. Um, they have not been happy with with Campbell over the course of the season. And Campbell wasn't happy with himself. So the most important game of the year, are you going to put a goaltender in that you haven't had confidence in for 80% of the season? The easy play is to play Skinner, and I think that's what they're going to do. Okay, Vegas takes it 4-3. They lead the series 3-2. We have more post-game reaction coming up. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Here's Mark Stone into the zone. Marcia So, snapshot, glove save. Jack Campbell, a tremendous stop to keep it 4-3. Yeah, huge save by Campbell with 8.24 left in the third. That is the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell in relief of Skinner. Stops all nine shots he faces. Skinner, 18 saves on 22 shots. Aiden Hill gets the win. 31 saves on 34 shots. Jack Eichel, a goal and two assists for Vegas. Jonathan Marchessault, three assists for the Oilers. McDavid, two goals. Hyman, a goal and two assists. Or Pardon me, Hyman, a goal and an assist. Bouchard, two assists. Nugent Hopkins, two assists. Those are the only four Oilers who had points tonight as the Golden Knights win it 4-3 to lead the series three games to two. Our quick change for Jiffy Lube. Rob, keeping you moving to and from the game. No Darnell Nurse, obviously. Bouchard plays 27-21, almost six and a half minutes on the power play. Ekholm uh, got rattled in this game. Plays 26-51, rattled physically, not mentally. He got drilled from behind by Colasar, <laughs> who got kicked out of the game. And, you know, Broberg stepped in, didn't play a, a ton. He, he uh, wound up with a couple penalties, played 6-0-1 tonight. It was a tough night for Broberg and a tough situation for the kid to come in. Um, they're playing against the, the best team in the regular season in the Vegas Golden Knights in an incredibly important hockey game. And you've been playing sheltered minutes, if any, in the games you have played, then all of a sudden you're put into this. And he looked a little overwhelmed at, at times. And uh, he's going to be a better player going forward because of the experience. But it was a tough situation, and the Oilers missed Nurse. They missed him uh, in a lot of different areas, but one of the big ones was on the penalty kill, which he would have been out. They gave up the two power play goals against, and he would have been out there on the ice for those. So both teams uh, were without their star defenseman. Uh, they lacked, but I do believe that the experience that Hutton has probably trumped uh, the raw ability of Broberg in this one because Hutton looks like he's played before. He's got some experience to him, and I don't think the game overwhelmed him at all. All right, so the, the three stars, I was given the stats there. Well, they actually make Riley Smith the uh, first star in this game who uh, finally got his first goal of the playoffs. Eichel was the second star. Marsha Show, the third star. The fourth star of the game for Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I guess we give it to McDavid, Rob, with two goals. And his his second goal 
off the rush. I, I didn't realize that how he put it in until I saw the replay, that he actually got his own rebound after the backhand try was stopped. Oh, I agree. I thought the Vegas guy kicked in in his own net. Because I could see that he, on the when it went live, I saw, okay, the goalie made the save. It's in. Oh, it must have bounced in off of the Vegas defenseman. But that's quick hands. I mean, nobody... I don't know if there's a player in the history of the NHL who's got hands quicker than Connor McDavid. And that was a great example of it. Most times, when a puck comes off a goalie's pad like that, it bounces past the forward coming in. Or, if the forward gets it, he muffles it. But he had the, the ability to take it off the pad and walk around the goaltender and put it in the net. McDavid was excellent in this hockey game. He was he was very good. And uh, just bad luck and bad breaks. He, didn't, he wasn't able to tie the game up late. But the other player, though, I must give credit to is Jack Eichel. I, he's better than I thought he was, Reed. He's like the anti-McDavid, anti where McDavid is 100% speed all the time. Jack Eichel looks like he's on a, on a Sunday stroll out there the way he plays, yet he can't get the puck away from him. So, he, I mean, he ain't, he ain't McDavid, but Jack Eichel has been excellent in this series, and he had a very good game tonight. 4-3, Vegas wins it. Let's go to the Oilers' dressing room. Here is Matias Ekholm that 90 second stretch in the second period I mean is that just an indicator of how quickly momentum can shift in the playoffs yes um, I really liked the, the the other I guess 58 minutes of the game I thought we we came out good um, obviously got the goal right away um, even though they pushed back with one we, we got another one get, got out of the first with a 2-1 lead thought we controlled the actions in the second to start um, and then obviously, <clears throat> unfortunate to take that five on three for, for that long and they get to score two goals on it and get momentum back. But um, it's one win. Obviously, we're, we're down 3-2 here, so we got some work to do. But um, we're trying, I mean, we're, we're still optimistic about the way we played. We're still um, in this series and, and, and we, know, um, we know the task ahead and we're just trying to stay, stay positive and, and, and keep working. The momentum shift, it's its hard to get it back in the playoffs. Is it any harder? Maybe in this building, it's a hard, it's a loud, crazy scene. Uh, it's just like you guys, Hague gets the goal after the power play. It seemed like you guys just couldn't turn momentum back your way somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's its a fair assessment, but I think that's the same way up in Edmonton. I think we have a pretty loud building, and, and, and we do the same thing. And they're, they're, that's usually what happens when you score a lot of goals in a short amount of period. I mean, that's that, yet, that gets the fans extra going, right? So um, even though they did get that third one back, or the hey goal, that didn't really want to give that one up, obviously. The, the, the penalty kill goals is what it is, but... Um, I mean, we got back. We, we got a goal back in the start of the third. We got back momentum. I thought we just attacked the whole third period on and just kept coming, but um, unfortunately, we couldn't get one to go. Just too many minors on the night. Can you play win a playoff game taking that many minor penalties? I mean, obviously, it's the three on five that crushes us. Um, I thought we did a really good job on the PK. We got to stay limited on, on the amount of penalties, as you're saying. But that's just, at the same time, it's when you have to go down two guys. It's hard to defend. Obviously, they have five world world class players out there, and um, we know as well on our power play. If we get five on three, it's 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 going to ring once at least. So, give them credit. They made a good play, but um, those are the ones that kill you. What did you see or maybe not see on that hit that you took there at the end of the second period? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see much. I got my head face planted to the boards, and <laughs> that was it. Uh, I mean, I thought, I'm a pretty tall guy, and I try to brace myself, but obviously I, I heard from, from guys that have seen it that he jumped, and, and he kind of elbowed me back of the head, so he got the proper p uh, punishment for it, and, and we got a goal off of it. So obviously hits that can 
I, I'm happy it turned out the way it did. I, I wasn't uh, hurt more than I was. I, I know those. I mean, if you, if you get on the wrong side of those, sometimes it can it can hurt a career. So you don't want to see it. But at the same time, he got his punishment. Well, Chase, you guys have the best power play in the history of the game, and you guys are rolling with it. But can you win just on the power play alone? You guys have to do more five on five. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the the name of the game for us right now. When when we're going five on five, that's when we win games. And um, I guess conversely for them, it's the same thing. So um, that's that's the main point of this game. I don't think it was won or lost in the penalty box or either way. I mean, we scored three on the power play too. So um, obviously it was a dagger for, for them to go two really short one or two really quick ones and then the third one. But um, we got to be better five on five. And what do you have to do? What, how, do you, how do you see it? How do you generate more five on five in your opinion? In my opinion, I think we can shoot a lot more pucks. We know that um, if we don't show, shoot the puck, their goal is going to look good. So um, obviously we got to get bodies and pucks to the net. It's cliche, but it's, it's sometimes it's simple things. We got to get more pucks, more bodies to the net, and um, create some. I mean, I don't. Uh, I guess greasy goals is what I'm looking for. I guess, and, and just a tip here and there, or a rebound, or whatever. So um, we know what we need to do, and, and we just need to execute. Almost 27 minutes for you tonight. Did you, did you feel the extra workload with Darnell out of the lineup? Yeah, um, it was a little bit more than usually, but um, obviously, to be honest with you, sometimes it's easy when you get going all the time and you don't sit for long periods of time and you just keep going, you're just in the game. So I um, thought it felt pretty good out there, and, and I thought we did um, a decent job when, when uh, it was called upon, but um, obviously we wanted to win, and, and that sucks. Okay, that is the Viking Matthias Ekholm after the Oilers lose 4-3 to the Vegas Golden Knights. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. So again, game six Sunday here at Rogers Place. We do not have a game time. I'm just double-checking to see if anything went out. Uh, no, don't see anything. So hopefully we know before we sign off. Before tonight. Sunday, eh? Hopefully well, we hopefully know before they announce Sunday. before the game actually starts. <laughs> yes, that would be an NHL thing to play a period and then tell you the game's underway. It is. It is a little silly, and, it, and and also a little silly. The one question to Ekholm: What did you see on that hit? Well, the boards very quickly. I mean, he got crushed yeah, what did from you, behind. What did you feel? I guess. What, what did you feel like, on that hit? Would be the question. Uh, oh yes, that would have been better. It felt pain. Um, and it. It is a, it's a dangerous hit. I don't think it'll be a suspension, but I think it was certainly a five-minute major, and it was stupid. Like, oh, that's so dumb, doing things like that. Uh, he uh, put a lot of pressure on his team that he didn't need to do it. Fortunately for Ekholm, uh, he came back and played, and uh, that would have been a huge loss if a game where you're playing without Nurse Falls and Ekholm's not finishing the game for you. But I thought Ekholm had an excellent hockey game tonight, and uh, they're going to need that kind of game out of them again on, on Sunday night whenever that game starts. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. And that deflection will end up near center. Golden Knights can't come up with it, though. McDavid broke around one man to the net with a backhander. Score! Connor McDavid single-handedly draws Edmonton within 4-3. Well, they wouldn't get any closer. Vegas wins at 4-3. That's just the third goal the Oilers have scored in the third period this series. I set the line 
for River Curry Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. One and a half goals in the third period by the Oilers tonight. So it is under. It is Gary winning the $50 River Curry Resort and Casino gift card. All right, back to Vegas. Here's Connor McDavid. Your power play goals today, Connor. What are you seeing five on five that just could generate much tonight? Um, yeah, I thought both teams didn't generate a ton five on five. You know, they uh, take two point shots and score. Um, you know, we didn't. Oh, we obviously didn't generate enough um, five on five. But it seemed like uh, you know both teams were taking penalties that uh, you know maybe uncharacteristic or undisciplined. How do you sort of feel about the penalties that you guys ended up taking to, to get yourselves down? Uh, yeah, I just certainly don't like the. The one to put us five on three, you know, um, you know, is a innocent play and you know hurts us. Obviously, um, you know, there's no intent there. Just, but uh, yeah, I don't. You know, it's not a great one to take. Obviously, but that being said, um, we got to find a way to grab that momentum. And you know, we talk about it, we've talked about it a lot. You know, grabbing those momentum swings, and you know, we uh, lost the game in 90 seconds. Was it, was it the head goal that really hurt you guys? Feel? Certainly. Yeah. Good what call. more can be done at five on five? What's that? What, what more can be done at five on five that you guys aren't going to do? Um, yeah, lots. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. You guys didn't get the result, but do you feel like you've put two back-to-back -back efforts, two good back-to-back -back efforts together here and kind of build on that? Um, yeah, I thought the effort was there, obviously. Um, you know, put ourselves in a position to win a game, put ourselves in a position to come back in a game. Um, it was a hard-fought game. It was, uh, you know, a, a night where I thought both teams played well and um, just couldn't find a way to tie it up. You guys were in a spot last year in L.A. Yes. Can you, you know, take anything from that going home, trying to extend this series? Yeah, certainly. You know, certainly we can draw on that experience. Um, disappointing losing Game 5. Obviously, Game 5 is a big, big one in the series when it's 2-2. And, um, you got to win a game again at home and go from there. You uh, don't have many young players in important positions, but you got a young player in goal, and the momentum sometimes in this series, the momentum, he's had a hard time getting hold of it. Uh, is that a factor at all for Stu Skinner, just going through this for the first time? Um, you know, he's gave us a chance to win a lot of nights. Um, you know, that's all you can ask from your goaltender. You know, he's in a tough, tough situation here tonight, and... Um, you know, we know we got a capable, capable guy and 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 soup there. Um, and I think that's the reason for the for the switch. Um, you know, I don't think it was much on Stu. That's Connor McDavid after four three loss to the Golden Knights. So he didn't really want to answer the question, Rob. But in your mind, if if anything, what can the Oilers do better five on five? What are they capable of doing better five on five? Well, um, they got to get, and I think. Matthias Elkholm talked about it. They need greasy goals. They need more shots on net. You, you talked before the game, Reed, about why the McLeod-Ryan-Fogel line has been so effective, and, and it was the simplicity of their game. They go in straight lines. They throw pucks on net. Uh, it was funny. We talked about the fact that when they one of them gets the puck at center, the other two wingers know that that puck is being dumped in, so they get a head start on the forecheck. And I bet you four or five times tonight where I'm watching the game, it's like, well, there they go. They're just getting in on the forecheck. And now it's a foot race, and their foot race starts with them facing forward and the Vegas defenseman facing backwards, so they have a good advantage. Uh, I think they need more of that from, from everyone. Uh, shoot the puck. I, I, Connor and, and Leon 
to me, they have carte blanche to do whatever they want with the puck. They can shoot it if they want. They can pass it. They can kick it up with their feet, whatever. They, they, their ability is so much better than anyone else. And they're, they're, they're hockey IQ. So you don't question what they do. But everyone else should have a shoot first mentality. Shoot from anywhere. I mean, every night you see weird goals go in. Uh, the the goal that was the fourth goal tonight, the Hague goal, it was a knuckleball shot from the point. He hit the puck as it was rolling, and the puck just it knuckled all the way into the net. Skinner never saw it. I think the Oilers need more of that. They need more guys in front of the net, more battles in the blue paint. Sometimes the Oilers, because they're so skilled, will stay on the outsider. They'll try to make that extra pretty play. But if you and your line mates know that if I get the puck inside the trapezoid, I'm throwing the puck on net. Now your two line mates are going there, and that's where you find rebounds, you find tips, you find uh, garbage. And I think Ekholm said it best. They need to find more ways to score greasy goals because right now they're at the point that if they don't find something five-on-five, they probably don't win this series. They need to be better five-on-five. Okay, Vegas up 4-3. Game six is Sunday. Again, we don't have a game time. It will be at Rogers Place. We have Scott on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Scott. Go ahead. Hey, bud. Uh, I'm just calling again, like I called the other night when they pulled Skinner, and like I said, uh, I think he's doing it for the team. But I just want to see how you guys felt uh, listening to Bob Stoffer this afternoon. Um, you know, they were really pulling for Edmonton. How you guys felt prior to the game and after the game without uh, Nurse or Petrangelo being there? Well, both teams were not as good. I mean, both teams, that's their best defenseman. So obviously it affects affects uh, both teams I think it, tonight's game it, I know a lot of people don't like the suspension for Petrangelo they felt he deserved more and rightfully so but tonight's game neither guy was going to play no matter what nurse was going to be suspended so as game six is or excuse yeah game six is the one that uh, the the Vegas Golden Knights will have an advantage because their their player will be back in the lineup so tonight this was the way it should have been because both players should have been suspended for at least one game and uh, both teams uh, survived it at times. I do believe that Vegas had a bit of an advantage with an experienced player in Hutton jumping into the lineup as opposed to Broberg. And Broberg, he had some, he had some difficulties. And he's going to be a nice hockey player, but I think tonight uh, he was overwhelmed a few times out on the ice and took a couple penalties, fell down a couple times. And that's, that's to be expected for a young player being put in a very big situation. Yeah, I, I, I would say I, I thought Vegas weathered it better than the Oilers did. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, not to pick on Broberg, but you're right. I mean, the stats don't lie. Two penalties. Ice time got cut down to six minutes. Uh, you know, Hutton was, was fine. Played 12-24. Didn't play a ton either, but, but played twice as much as Broberg, basically. Well, and Reed, do you remember much about Hutton in the game? And I think that's key because you really don't – at the end of the night, you're like, what did Hutton do? I actually don't remember – that's a good thing when you're a number six defenseman. Unfortunately, with Broberg, we remembered a couple penalties. I remember him falling down trying to make a play. So it, it was a tough one for Broberg. I agree. I think that the the experienced Hutton uh, was able to allow Vegas to weather the storm without their star defenseman. Terrence, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good. Right on. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty frustrated right now, and um, i got a lot written down here. I'm going to try and make it as short as possible. Okay, I'm going uh, to challenge you, Terrence. I want you to pick your your two strongest comments and give us those, okay? Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's just the, 
like I keep hearing the word conspiracy. You know, and I, you can't help but like you know agree with the fans a little bit here when we got another, we got the refs just coming at us from every angle. Let's just be real. Like the first first penalty on uh, Bro uh, Yamo that was weak. Broberg's penalty first penalty was weak. I mean, like all the, the the refs just literally just let him walk right back into this game, and um, and that's what makes me so mad about this right now. Is that all right, Terrence? Like look, I'm not I'm not gonna entertain that. And I mean, if there if there was a conspiracy against Canadian teams, why why did they allow? No, it's not Canadian teams. It's just this team. Okay, why did they I mean, allow like, the Oilers to win? Why did okay, Terrence? the ref done? Okay, enough, Terrence. At, Terrence, you're done. I, I mean, if that's what you're gonna call in tonight, guys, Rob and I will just go to bed. Like seriously, <laughs> I mean, there's, the, the, if there the was a penalty, conspiracy if, against the Oilers, no, they wouldn't that's, have that's had. Silly. They wouldn't have allowed McDavid. They would have made sure the Oilers didn't win that draft lottery. We mm-hmm. have to get McDavid and change the direction of the franchise. I mean, the Yamo penalty you just talked about. I, that was a silly penalty by Yamo. He stuck his leg out. He he tripped him. That was silly. The button, people can argue it, but then Vegas will say, "What about Fogel's penalty when Fogel got tripped by Haig to start the game off?" That was a terrible call as well. Refs will make bad calls. The referee was not a problem in this hockey game tonight. The Oilers, as as Jay Wood or, or as, as Woodcroft said, the Oilers were careless with their stick and took some silly penalties. Four three, Vegas wins it. James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Fill in the net with a one hundred dollar donation to six three Jets. And is anonymous for every Oilers goal, so it is three hundred bucks tonight. Okay, you'll hear from Drysital and uh, Hyman. You can get us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Up the right wing, puts it out in front, cut off nicely by Radko Gudis getting back. And Gudis will lead the charge now, three on two for the Panthers. Here's Cousins over the offensive line, left circle. Cousins, front of the net, shot, he scores! Nick Cousins ends the game, ends the series, 3-2 in overtime. The Panthers win it. They take the series in five, and the Florida Panthers are going to the Eastern Conference Final. 3-2 in overtime. The Panthers get it done. Eliminating the Leafs, Doug Plagans with the call on the Panthers radio network. So Florida, Carolina in the East Final. Here in the West, Vegas up 3-2 on the Oilers after the 4-3 win tonight. And, of course, Dallas will try to eliminate Seattle tomorrow in Game 6. Western Hockey League, Winnipeg wins Game 1 of the WHL Final. 3-2 over Seattle. The scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Rob, Florida, um, they're a scary team. I, I, I mean... There's so many different ways to look at it, right? Well, they barely got in. Well, they won the President's Trophy last year, and even though mm-hmm. they made a big trade, they are they got the best player in the trade when they got Kachuk, and yeah, Bobrovsky's had sort of an up-and-down uh, life with, with the Panthers, but he's he's up right now when they need him. Yeah, and they're a good team. It's funny. I got I had some buddies, and I, I, was, I was hoping, hoping for an Oiler-Leaf final. I think it would have been incredible for the country. But when Florida and Toronto started, I made a bunch of bets, and I bet that the Florida Panthers would beat Toronto. I think Florida's got a very good hockey club, and they finally had a goaltender playing well. And the reason they were in a position they were at the end of the season trying to desperately make the playoffs is because their goaltending was terrible early in the year. 
but their goaltender Bobrovsky's back to the Bobrovsky that everyone remembered. And because of that, they've got a, a team that is tough to beat. And they are a team that Carolina is going to have their hands full with. they got an all-star superstar defenseman in Ekblad. They've got a guy up for the MVP in Kachuk. They've got one of the best defensive centermen in the world in Barkov. Uh, this is a, it's a good hockey club. They're a big physical hockey club that can score up and down their lineup. Uh, it'll, be a, a, it'll be a fun series watching them, Carolina. Two different styles of play, but they are a good hockey team. All right, Oilers lose 4-3 to Vegas, 780-496-0063 as we change into Saturday here. It's midnight. Jesse, go ahead. Hey, um, so I just want to talk a little bit about the leadership within this team. And don't get me wrong, I, 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 don't throw me off here with this, but I know McDavid, Drysdale, we obviously know they are absolutely the leader of the team. They're amazing at what they do. There's no doubt about it. But my question is, are we missing the Smitty, the Keith of last year? Like that, and I know Smitty never won a cup, but Keith did. Like, are we missing that proven, proven guy? And the other thing I want to bring up, you remember that, I don't know what year it was, but Seabrook, remember when, like, Tate was having that meltdown or whatever, and Seabrook went to the boss, and he was like, hey, get it together. You need to get it together, and he just gave it to him. Like, I just feel we just don't have that guy this year within the team to just, just be like, hey, like, let's get it together, you guys. Like, come on. Like, we have a bunch of proven elite players. All these guys are proven and are awesome hockey players or at least it'll get like amazing but where's where's that guy in that dressing room that just just can reel them in and just say hey enough you guys like come on let's 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 get this done like i don't know i just it's just something it's something that came to my mind that's all i gotta say well they haven't i mean the season's not over i think maybe that's a more relevant discussion if they lose this series uh i do think ekholm brings some of that yeah, 100%. I, I, I think the leadership of this team is very good. Uh, leadership, are t- there's two ways to lead, and there's one through vocal, and there's one through um, leading by example. Uh, I don't know if you're going to find a leadership group that works harder both on and off the ice in game and in practice than the Oilers have with McDavid, Drysettle, and Nurse. I mean, their, their work ethic is second to none. So I think they're they're incredible that way. I don't know in a dressing room who's the vocal ones are on this team. Um, I, obviously, I know people will say, well, this guy or that guy, but none of us are in the room, so we don't know. But I, I don't think there's a leadership issue with this team. From the players that I've talked to and been around, they all love playing for each other. Uh, and again, this is, um, they were in the same position last year that they're in right now and they won the next two games and it was harder last year because they had to win in LA in game six so uh, there will be questions if the others don't win this series there's going to be questions about a lot of different things but again this is a team that coming into this series Vegas was the home team in game one because they were the better team during the regular season and they're both very close and I think that's why you've seen a series that's going to go six or hopefully seven games all right, we have Levi on the Certainty Hotline as well. Hi, Levi, go ahead. Hey, Reed and Paul. I just uh, heard lots of talk about momentum and stuff tonight, and uh, I just want an explanation what your guys' view are is with regards to Costin. You know, he played three minutes and 30 seconds tonight. Uh, the guy had five points in 10 games. He probably averages seven, maybe eight minutes a night. And, uh, like, that guy changes momentum. He's physical. And he has this offensive upside that it's just like what he doesn't see that in him. 
Um, we had that five-minute power play, and that second unit was like they did nothing. Why not put Costin out there? Like, I just, I don't know what I'm missing. Like, has he got a bad attitude or something? Any no. insight on that? No, I think no. he's, I, I think in Jay's mind, he's the 11th or 12th forward. He doesn't play special teams. I, I, I disagree that I would put him on the power play. However, I do think there have been some games, Rob, where I've been a little surprised he's played as, as seldom as he has. Yeah, I agree. Um, he he has been at times a momentum changing uh, player, as this that caller just talked about, where uh, he scored a few big goals. He's created things with some big hits. I think it was the last home game where he had two huge block shots that brought the the fans to their feet and his bench to the to their feet as well. Uh, I don't know why. Um, he doesn't get more ice time or more opportunities, but I can tell you just from watching that they don't have the trust in him that they do in the other players playing ahead of him. It's that simple. If they trusted him, uh, he would play more, uh, but they don't. So I don't know why I, there are, I, I think that he has a very big upside in certain things with physicality, scoring big goals. He is apt with the big turnover at times. And you you will find coaching staffs that when you have a third or a fourth line player, and that's what Costin is, they will love the guy more that makes the right defensive play every time as opposed to the guy that can give you something offensively, but sometimes you're not sure what he's going to do with the puck in his own zone or in the neutral zone. So I think that's the one thing that scares the Edmonton Oilers is sometimes he's apt to try to create something that's not there. Yeah, and that's what you're talking about with Fogel, McLeod, and, and Ryan, who probably weren't quite as good tonight as they were in the last two games, but generally the puck's going towards the other team's end of the rink. There's nothing fancy yep. or diagonal or, you know, dipsy-doodle. It's safe. Pretty, pretty straightforward, yeah. Third, third and fourth line players have to play safe, and I think those th- three do it more so than, than Clem Costin. I, but I do believe that Costin has a bigger upside at times than those three players because there have been some pretty big moments that Costin has rose to the occasion on. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. Here is Oilers forward Leon Dreisaitl. Game, it kind of fell apart in a really short time in the second period. What did you think about it? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, just those three minutes there um, where we obviously um, took some penalties and, and gave up the lead. The, uh, I mean, you guys had the power play goal, obviously. Uh, what do you think five on five? Um, what do you think of their game tonight? You know, on that uh, it was, it was fine. We didn't create enough, uh, not enough looks, but um, yeah, I thought we we attacked well. We just couldn't get to that last, that last player created that, create that last uh, last opportunity for us to to get a five on five goal. Is that where their series is going to be decided, Leon? If you guys got to get some, generate some five on five chances. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, a power play is great, but uh, you gotta you gotta be able to score five on five. So, yeah, just look at it and take care of that. This uh, game kind of show how fine the line is, I guess, in the playoffs. So you talked about half of a, you know pretty good game up until those those few minutes that they scored the three goals. Yeah, again, solid game for the most part. Just those three minutes where we. Um, you know, fell apart a little bit, but uh, yeah. You guys wanted to put together two good back efforts back to back, despite the the one goal loss. Do you feel like you guys did put two good efforts good efforts together here? Uh, yeah, it was. 
it was a solid effort. Probably not our best game, but um, you know we we competed hard and um, just yeah didn't create that that last chance. What do you make of now having to go home and facing elimination for the first time in the playoffs this year? Yeah, just got to win one game. You, you talked about that three minutes. So what did you think went wrong there that it kind of spiraled on you? Well, we took took some penalties uh, and then they capitalized on it. All right, that's uh, Leon Dreisaitl after a 4-3 loss to the Golden Knights. Yeah, Rob, I mean, clearly a very close game. I mean, for me, it does come down to those 90 seconds. I know other things mm-hmm. happened, and, and you touched on it. It's really the Hague goal. I mean, they get a, yes. They had a two-man advantage for a minute 16. So I, I hate to say this because I know there's a lot of optimistic Oilers fans out there, but I, I was expecting that Vegas would probably score, and it was going to be 2-2. And then they come out, get another one. So, okay, 3-2. But, you know, you're thinking maybe down a goal going to the third, maybe you tie it before the end of the second. But that Hague shot goes in. That That's the one that really swung it. Yeah, 100%. And I agree. When when a team gets an extended five-on-three, the, the expectations are going to score, especially when you get it into the final eight teams of the uh, of the NHL playoffs. Every one of them have got superstars on their league, on their team. So a five on three, it's going to go in the back of the net. And it was that was a world class goal by Stone. I mean that is not an easy play, and he goes all the way around Skinner. So nice goal on that one. Then they get a bounce. Uh, the McDavid's first goal tonight, fortunate bounce. Mc, er, New just trying to put it on net, hit something, goes to McDavid, backdoor, he puts it into an empty net. He, good break for the others. Well, the same thing happened on the Riley Smith goal. Uh, Buck bounces right to him. It was supposed to be a pass going across. Skinner's going one way, so it got the bounce. So at that point, I agree. It's The Oilers down a goal going into the third period. To me, it's either one McDavid chance or one power play away from tying this game up. I'm comfortable as an Oilers fan being down only a goal going into a period. But that Hague goal, especially, it's like day or day scoring a goal. It's, it's, it's a, a guy that you don't expect to score. He throws it from the point. But I watched that replay four or five times. He hit it. That was a knuckleball. That puck probably had about 10 miles an hour faster on it just because of the way it got hit. And it just it moved, and Skinner had no idea. But that one was deflating for the Oilers. It's one thing to give up the power play goals, but right quickly, all of a sudden, and, and I know that I, I think it was Jack that was talking about it after the game, or, or one of them was about the 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 crowd and how the energy and how loud it was in the building we know what it's like in edmonton if edmonton scores three goals in a minute and a half it'd be absolutely bedlam at rogers well vegas is like that too that was going to be hard to recover that's why you saw jay woodcroft pull skinner he needed to slow the game down at that point and hopefully allow the fans to quiet themselves a bit so that the others could start thinking again but it was a, a much bigger hill to climb because of the Hague goal. Okay, we'll get to Mike and Steve in a couple of minutes here. Vegas up 3-2 in the series with a 4-3 win. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid, Eichel, Hyman in the first period. Stone, Smith, Haig in the second. McDavid in the third. That's the scoring. 4-3 Vegas wins it. There was a coach's challenge tonight. The Jack Eichel goal in the first period that tied at 1-1. 
the goal stood. Vegas got a power play out of it, Rob, because the Oilers were wrong on their challenge, didn't score on that one. I, I, I thought that was a pretty low percentage challenge by the Oilers. Yeah, I, I was I was shocked that they challenged it just because of the the rule where if it's not if you're not right, then it's a power play going the other way. Because I thought there's no way that that was going to be uh, overturned. It was a nice play by Eichel. Skinner initiated the the contact, so that one was uh, I think that was a hope play by by Jay Woodcroft and probably a hope play because he is confident in his penalty killing and the the lack of production out of Vegas's power play and they killed it off so but yeah no there that was the absolute right call that was uh there was no chance that one was being turned over the uh, power plays tonight Vegas two for seven Edmonton three for four though obviously a key part of the game was that Edmonton only scored once on a five-minute power play. They were down 4-2 at the beginning of it and down 4-3 when it ended, and that is how the game ended. Okay, we have Mike on the line. Hi, Mike. Thanks for calling. Hi, Robin Reed. Uh, Mike from uh, living in Melbourne here. Matthew, my son, wasn't in the mood to call in, so I thought I would. <laughs> okay, appreciate it. Um, just a quick comment. Just um, watching the game tonight, um, agree, McDavid, Drysaddle, they can, they, they should have free reign decide to do what they want when they want. Um, but maybe the urgency to sort of shoot first, you know, get some traffic in front, shoot from all angles. Maybe was that a bit slow tonight? Or I mean, we got thirty some shots, but it seemed like you know we probably could have got a lot more if we were thinking a little bit differently. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that when Connor and Leon, they, they get to dictate what they do and when they do it, but I think there's got to be a mentality with the rest of the lines, throw pucks on net. Every every game you, you watch in the National Hockey League, there's always a weird goal that goes in, one that either handcuffs the goal, he, he muffs, or it takes a weird bounce on him. And I think the Oilers need to do more of that, especially five on five. The, the Oilers' power play has been incredible but five on five they're not giving themselves a chance they're getting outscored by the opposition and a lot of it is they're they're not getting the greasy goals they're not getting the deflections they're not getting the 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 shots that go the find a way through through traffic that's what the opposition is doing so you've got a goaltender net Aiden Hill maybe he's going to be a fantastic goalie going future in the future but he's an inexperienced goaltender uh test him uh, maybe maybe his confidence gets shattered a little bit if a weird one gets by him. But you're 100% right. I think the others have to have a better mentality from lines two, three, and four of shoot first. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Rob. And I also think Vegas defends well. I mean, we saw them getting in shooting lanes. Bouchard wanted to wind up a couple times and had to pass, well, probably more than a couple times, and had to pass off, power play and even strength. McNabb blocked that shot with five seconds left with his leg. Mm -hmm. That might have been yep. going in. And I, I think we might not be talking about Vegas enough, quite frankly. They, they are very good. They, they're the number one seed in the Western Conference. Don't forget that. And, like, Bob made a good point when we started the series because he gave, he gave all the stats, right? They're eighth in this. They're tenth in this. They're twelfth in this. They weren't top five in anything, but they weren't lower than, like, twelfth or thirteenth in anything. They, they're, they're, they might not be excellent at anything, but they're very good at pretty much everything. And, of course, they're beatable, and, of course, the Oilers have got on them a couple times, but they're they're just a very solid, sort of well-rounded team, and there's not a huge... I, I, 
there might be a little bit of a drop off once you get down to you know skaters seventeen and eighteen. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, if you think you think of uh, think of the first series, the like when the Kings' third defense pairing was on the ice. To me, that was a big drop off. It's it's yes, not that it's not that way with with Vegas. No, I agree. And, and you got to look at too. Vegas won the the regular season conference, and they did it with five goaltenders. Right. So it's not on the back of a, a starring goaltender. They had they had five different goalies play for them at times. So it, they were still able to win. They did it with their best player, Mark Stone, having back surgery, missing the last month and a half of the season. Yet they they didn't miss a beat. It is a team that's deep. It's a team that's very, very well coached. They are a very well coached team that uh, they make adaptions during the games, during between games. And if you if you think about it too, in the last seven games that these two teams have played, Vegas has won four of those seven games. They split the last two games of the regular season, and now Vegas has won three of five here in the the postseason. Vegas is good. Uh, I do believe that when they both put their best foot forward, that the Oilers have a better team. But Vegas doesn't go away. They don't shy away. They, uh, they've got enough guys that can put the puck in the net. Uh, they play a, a sound enough defensive system that they won four straight games this year with four different goaltenders because they play right in front of them. Uh, so this is, it is a good hockey club. And it was, I, they, they, I knew they were going to be good, but I think seeing them game after game after game, they're better than I thought they were. Seeing Stone game after game, He's better than I thought he was. Eichel's better than I thought he was. And uh, I think the Edmonton Oilers, I don't know if they're surprised by that because of where Vegas was in the standings, but I think a lot of fans thought, huh, this is Vegas. We we smoked them in Vegas at the end of the season. This is going to be a cakewalk, but Vegas is good. 4-3, the Golden Knights win tonight. Again, we uh, do not have a game time for game six Sunday here at Rogers Place. Maybe Steve has it. Steve, thanks for calling. Go ahead. <laughs> Is it in the cushions hey. or something? <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. I don't think Steve thought I was very funny, Rob. <laughs> he threw him right off there. Actually, he he just went back <laughs> on the computer to see if they've got the new time. <laughs> Did we lose him, Kellen? Yeah, he's gone. Okay. Well, huh. if somebody has that game, it's 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 this is like one of those escape room things. You got to find the or the what not escape room. Uh, what do you call a treasure hunt? The sca- It's like a scavenger hunt. Like, you know, people oh, yeah. are looking around the city under bushes, you know. It is. I mean, seriously, though, it is kind of, of weird. Parking meter. It is kind of weird, though, because there's only was going to be two options on Sunday. There was going to be either the Leafs playing and the Oilers playing, or there was just going to be only the Oilers playing. That was the only two options that they could have had. Yeah. And they knew about three, four hours ago that it was just going to be option number two. So you would have thought you would have had two plans in place. Okay, if the Leafs play, here's the two times. If they don't play, we're going to go with this one. So when the Leafs lost, I swore there was going to be a tweet within minutes that said, all right, Edmonton Oilers game six will be at this time. So it is very, very odd and very, very weird that they haven't done that. And it is kind of funny because we know the game seven starting time yeah. Yeah. That we don't even know if there will be a game seven. Yeah, and so that's I don't kind know. Yeah, and I don't. Like, I I realize that, that some of these the, the networks that carry the NHL games carry other sports. So I, look, I don't know the NBA schedule well enough to. But you'd you'd think they would they would know by now, but apparently not. Okay. Well, Cody must have found the start time because he just called us. Cody, go ahead. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. 
No, I'm just calling in to, uh, I still got a lot of faith in these guys. You know, it's, we've had however many years of, of waiting and, and hoping to be in a position like this. So you, you got to remind yourself that. I go back to 06 when I was 14 years old, and every time they had a power play, I'd eat a gala apple. And so my mom would go to co-op every morning and old to make sure that I had a fridge full of gala apples. That's amazing. And now we fast forward, and the next time we're in a position where I feel like I need to do something to to get the mojo going on the power play. Now I'm holding my one-year-old daughter. I waited that long from when my mom's buying apples for me to when my daughter, I'm holding my daughter is my next good juju. We waited that long, people. We waited that long. Enjoy this. This is what we've been waiting for, to feel this. So Cody, that's this... all I got to say, boys. I'm going to tune in and listen to what you got to say. Hang on, hang on. Hang on, don't oh, hang yeah, on. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's just, this is a great call. Thanks for sharing that. Where do you live? Um, well, I'm, now I'm just I'm three blocks north of Commonwealth, but I grew up in Old Alberta, crazy about the Oilers, and the fact that I live in the city while we're doing this is just it's it's out of this world to me. Now, do you uh, did you follow the old Grizzlies when you lived in Olds? Did I follow the old Grizzlies? We were billets growing up. My dad was oh. president of the team. I was water boy as a kid. I loved the Grizzlies. <laughs> Played well, a couple exhibition games before I went off to university, and you know it was yeah the, the Grizzlies a gr- great team, great program. Well, that's awesome to hear, Cody. Well, thanks for staying up. Your, I guess your daughter's long asleep, eh? <laughs> oh yeah, she. We get up every morning. She gagai is her her. Let's go Oilers, and uh, we we get up excited every morning to watch the first half of the first period, and then uh, she goes off to bed, and I listen to you guys at intermission, and and afterwards till you shut her down. So I wanted to call in because I wasn't ready for you guys to shut her down yet. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Cody. I appreciate that. Hey, thank you, guys. Uh, take care. Have a great night, boys. And uh, we'll uh, call you back uh, for Game 7 here, eh? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good call. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean nothing, I'm mean, i at the point, Rob. First of all, that's an awesome call by Cody. It, that was, thank you for sharing that. I mean, this is a, a tough night for Oilers fans, and there's some people that are frustrated. But I tell you, that call put a smile on my face. Seriously, I got tears in my eyes because I was giggling so hard. That is a really, really good call. I'm glad he called us. Yeah, and... Uh, I know it, it, it's just so unpredictable in the playoffs. Here's the thing, and I, I said this last series, Rob. Um, I, I can't remember what game I said it after, but, okay, the Oilers are in, uh, well, unless you're out, they're in, what, the the second worst position you could be after five games. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you could have lost. Yeah, you could have lost 4-1. <laughs> or, or, no, or you're either out or not, yeah. Or you're down, or... Or you're down 3-2. So, I mean, last year they were down 3-2, won the series against L.A. Does that mean anything going into tomorrow? No, I'm just saying it's possible. You can never know. I mean, you look at any year and, uh, I mean, even the situation the Leafs were in, Rob, like, what, four times in 202 series or something like that. Teeps have come back from 3 nothing down. So you got to play it out. This is a very close series. The crowd here is going to be uh, incredible. And, and, look, I – I get that people are emotional after games, and and I know I shut the guy down, Rob, with the conspiracy theory stuff. I, but I, to me, that's just not an interesting conversation to have. Like, I can't if if that's what somebody thinks. I I don't know because whatever you say, well, what about this? What about this? They're like, no, that's a, it's still a, like that's why I shut the guy down, Rob. Like, there's no to me, there's no conversation to be had there. If that gentleman believes that. 
he believes it, but I, I'm just not interested in, in talking about that. No, I mean, Bob and I talked before the game. Uh, the, the, when two teams that are so close, and what were they, one point away part in the, the yeah, standings points, during the regular yeah. season? Yeah, two points. So when two teams, two good teams, like they, both good teams are so close, at the end of the night, if both teams play well, and I thought both teams played well tonight for the first time in the series, it'll come down to a bounce or a break. And you, you want to look at breaks or bounces, the stick, Yanmark stick riding up accidentally into the face of Eichel and make turning it into a five on three. The Vegas Golden Knights power play has been terrible. And if it was a five on four, I had I would have no faith of them scoring goals. But that break of the stick just accidentally going up there gives them a five on three. That started the the minute and a half of of uh, shame that the Oilers had and turn the entire game around. And it was just one simple break that went that way. Late in the game, uh, Bouchard has an unbelievable opportunity with the puck on a stick. He lets his bomb go, grazes the post. An inch, inch or two going the other way, and we have a tie game. And I tell you, if the Oilers would have tied it up, I like their chances because that would have been so deflating for the Vegas Golden Knights. So there's no conspiracy. This was a night that the Vegas Golden Knight got the bounces. And you just have to hope that when the Oilers come home on Sunday, that they bring the same kind of effort uh, and they get a bounce or a break themselves. Teams that win Stanley Cups, they get it with great goaltending, great health, and breaks. There's not a team that's won a Stanley Cup that won't look back over the course of the 16 wins and they'll show, okay, you know what? This one, we, this bounce that we got in this game got us this victory. And the Oilers are going to need a couple bounces and breaks in their next two games. Yeah, well, and that's the crazy thing about hockey, and that's what makes the game so entertaining and, and wild and and emotional. I mean, look at how many teams have won a Stanley Cup, and they've won a, a, a series in Game Seven overtime. Like you literally mm-hmm. cannot be closer to losing. Yep, one hundred percent. I've told you this story before, Rob, and I, I think it's worth repeating here. Uh, the year St. Louis won, and I, I interviewed Colton Pareko in the summer. They're in the second round, game seven overtime against Dallas. Jamie Ben gets the puck behind the net, and Pareko told me the story like, that he, he, you know, he, he's in that position of defenseman, a decision, a position where a defenseman has to make a decision: do I, do I chase him behind the net and think I can get him and rub him out, or do I go to the far post and try to cut him off? Pareko went behind the net, and then he realized I'm beat. And then he looks at Ben, and he goes, he's got Jordan on the wraparound, Bennington. And he just swung the puck, not tight enough to the post. Bennington kicks it off the goal line. If he's an inch or two sharper to the post, the puck's in. St. Louis is out. Yep. Well, look at this year for a great example, the Boston Bruins, best team in the National Hockey League. Deep, one of the deepest teams you'll see in years and years throughout their lineup. They, in the last game, Game 7 against the Florida Panthers, Patrice Bergeron, all-world player, does everything right, blocks the puck coming from the point. Florida had nothing going in the third period. Bruins hanging on to a lead, nothing going. Goes off of Bergeron's stick right over to Montour who won times. The puck landed perfectly. One times into the net, they tied up the winner in overtime. And not that only that, that shot went in off the, I can't remember which Boston defenseman was. He actually yeah. tipped it into his own net too. So that puck hits Bergeron. If it bounces anywhere else on the ice, if it bounces outside the blue line, the game is over. The Boston Bruins possibly could win a Stanley Cup because they're that good a team. Instead, bad bounce, bad break, and the Boston Bruins, who set all kinds of records this year, are out of the playoffs. So it is that close between winning and losing when you have this many good teams battling for the Stanley Cup.
All right, Vegas 4, Edmonton 3 is the final tonight. So the Golden Knights up 3-2 in the best of seven. You'll hear from Zach Hyman when we get back. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Good morning. Vegas Golden Knights beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-3 in game five of their best of seven. Vegas is up 3-2 in the series. Here's Oilers forward Zach Hyman. Zach, your power play's rolling, but you guys aren't helping it with five-on-five. Five. Can, can you win the series if you guys don't get you know, some five-on-five five, five five production? I mean, yeah, I, I think they've got you know their share of power play goals too, right? And it's uh, it's a tight series, and I don't think they're you know, dominating play at even strength by any means. Um, it's kind of that series where special teams means a lot, obviously. Uh, but yeah, you got to find scoring a five-on-five too. So yeah, for sure. How would you describe that 89-second span where they scored the three goals? I mean, obviously, two were on the power play, but how did the game kind of get away from That's playoffs. It's yeah. momentum, right? I mean, go from, you know, having a fantastic start to the night on the PK to, you know, trying to kill a almost two-minute five-on-three, and then they gain some confidence off that, right? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, it's tough. Like, that's that's the way playoffs go. Like, it's... It's hard, and, and you got to be able to manage uh, those times in the game when you get scored against, and and obviously that uh, that four minutes tonight uh, did us in. So was the, the head goal then really the backbreaker, though, because you you guys <coughs> well, changed the tide a little bit? After I don't know about that. backbreaker. I mean, I think we were in the game, right? We got our own five-minute major there. Um, no opportunity to you know tie it. We got one, which is great, and then we had a, you know several looks throughout the the third. Bushy ran one off the the post there, and yeah, we weren't able to find the last one. You didn't get the result, but you guys wanted to put back-to-back -back efforts together, good back-to-back -back efforts. Did you feel you did that, putting two good efforts together? I mean, I feel like we have way better, you know? Like, it's not good enough, clearly. We lost 4-3, uh, so um, when we're at our best, you know, everybody knows, everybody can tell. So we weren't at our best today, and, and you know, we got to go. Uh, we have an opportunity to, to, you know, do that at home. Game six, we were in a similar spot last year, right? So, um, you know, we're we're comfortable with adversity. How much can you take from that last year into this game? Um, a lot. I mean, a little different because uh, it was kind of, you know, you go on the road, but you have to win a game on the road, you got to win a game at home. Right? You got to win two games in a row, and, and you know, we won two games in a row I don't know how many times this season. So um, we're definitely capable of it. There's uh, strong confidence in, in this room, and, and you know, we we do our best when, when our backs are against the wall. So we're, we're excited for the opportunity. All right, and that opportunity Sunday here at Rogers Place, game time not yet announced, but we will have it for you on 6.30. Chad, the face-off show will start two hours prior to the opening puck drop. Get more on the Oilers on 6.30chad.com or globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer tonight. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers now facing elimination. They lose game five in Vegas, 4-3. Good night.